Welcome, everybody. A new voice for you in the intro here today. Our good friend, Alan, is out, and he has been out. Oh. Uh, he is safe. He is happy. Well, I, I think he's happy, uh, but he is not with us right now. So you guys all get the pleasure of uh, <laughs> of Anthony and me today. Oh, AI. my goodness. You're calling me Anthony. So this, this is carryover from the previous podcast. I... I got to go back to AI. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Ratul. I have to go back. I was going to try and formalize you a little bit more now (laughs) that we don't have our main host here to have us. And so, yeah, AI, we're uh, we're jealous. Alan is on a sabbatical, where is a a really nice thing that we do here at Maxwell is uh, on your five-year anniversary of being a, a teammate here, you get a full month sabbatical paid for and everything. And so he has been enjoying that. I want to say he comes back tomorrow or maybe it's Thursday. Like bizarre. He comes back Friday. So I hear through the grapevine here. Smart. So he, he comes back and then he takes a three-day weekend. Smart. That's that's the way to do it. Just catch up on email. Just get a feel for people and go back to his zone. I, I, I think he's been maybe in the mountains. He got he has no he, he talks is. about all that stuff so yeah he, he's been all over i think he's been tracing from you know from east to west so i'd be curious to get his uh his take actually i think he said he was in the high country in idaho so i oh. i want to hear about i want to hear about that trip Definitely. yeah that sounds great so, well idaho's a beautiful state right so yeah i've never been but i would love to i've heard Coeur d'Alene is beautiful i don't know if he was yep. there Coeur d'Alene is nice yeah so it's definitely nice. So, and what's more exciting? A week from tomorrow, the NFL season starts. And guess what time of the year it is? Fly, Eagles, fly. AI, you, I'm starting. <laughs> you guys love your Eagles from Philadelphia. <laughs> oh, yeah. You? And how about the Phillies, man? Something like, you know, 51 home runs in, in August. I'm beside myself. I can't help it. I live here, you know, high country, whatever, but I'm still feeling good at heart. I don't know those things. I just, yeah, I got to get outside and be on a bicycle. I can't, I don't have time to catch up with the baseball season. That's too much time. Too much time. <laughs> too funny. So anyway, cool. No, we don't have, we were trying to think about a group of three who went down to two. I can't think of any, haven't been able to. So we'd love some feedback on that. So AI today, you're Ben to my Jerry because I have been addicted to ice cream lately. Oh, look at you. What's causing this addiction? Just a slow burn of constantly having a piece of chocolate here and there in the evenings as a little dessert. And then my wife saying, we should get Dairy Queen. And I said, oh yeah, I'm in. DQ. I lived, when I lived in Kennett Square in Pennsylvania, I lived right across the street from the Dairy Queen. And so Danger. I would, Danger. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I would definitely mosey in there every once in a while. So, What's your go-to if you go to DQ? You know what? I am a cone fan, but I like a mix. I like black and white. Like the twist? Yep. Yeah, oh, that's yep. just a class. I'm real traditional, and every once in a while, I would kind of throw a curveball, maybe get a root beer float. Yeah, I still go with what I had as a kid. Yeah, and that's the Butterfinger Blizzard. I've never had that. Oh my! What are you doing tonight? I'm probably going to go to Dairy Queen. There's one I do on Alameda. (laughs) Yeah, you let me know how it is. Maybe I'll meet you there. (laughs) That's funny. I think I passed one on the way home when I'm driving home from the office. Of course you did. Yeah. Why not? 
Yeah. It's good. Well, everybody, appreciate uh, you guys joining. AI and I are really excited to talk through the market, a couple of trends that we're seeing mm-hmm. as uh, home buyers, not as many these days, but as they're making their decisions and, and some, some tips for LOs and organizations to help those home buyers out. But before we jump into that, we'd love to thank our beloved employer and sponsor who makes this podcast possible, Maxwell. Maxwell offers local lenders forward-looking solutions addressing the entire mortgage process from point-of-sale technology to outsource solutions and secondary market trading. To learn more, visit us at imaxwell.com, specifically on that secondary markets trading. You might even be able to get a response back from AI. Oh, yeah. Call. Maybe you guys can meet up for some DQ later. <laughs> All those things. So Absolutely. Again, you, thanks you, for joining. Now, AI, I'm going to let you take it over to mm-hmm. give us a little bit of market update and let's throw it back and forth. You know, the, the good thing is, is probably longtime listeners of the pod know if you're following along with the economic numbers, inflation seems to be going in the right direction. We saw like the latest CPI numbers that came out in July. Prices were, while they're still up, they were definitely far below expectations. And so there's high expectations now that the Fed's going to pause in, in September which is good news, right? They're playing a little bit of a waiting game. I think, you know, last week, and I was, I too was in the high country, except I was in Santa Fe and Taos last week, but I was kind of following along on the backside. And, um, you know, despite what Powell said about where everything is data dependent and, you know, there's probably more hikes on the horizon, et cetera, et cetera. I think he kind of has to say that just to kind of temper it. If you look at, if you yeah. look at some of the language from some of the other Fed some of the other Fed officials, actually Harker in, in particular, you know, he was basically like, look, we're just going to kind of wait and see what happens. We had some housing data that came out this week. Case Shiller fell another, uh, you know, one and a half percent or 1.2%. So that was uh, prices continue to rise. FHFA said prices rose. However, something that the Fed really follows is is the JOLTS report, the job openings report, and that fell dramatically yesterday. And so once the market had a chance to digest that, we had a nice little pop in the market. So, and we're kind of seeing that today. We, the market was kind of all over the place. When I first logged in this morning and, and I'm watching, and thanks to the good folks at MBS Live, prices were kind of all over the place this morning, but things seem to have settled down a little bit. So I think we're starting to see a little bit of labor market weakness. I think the Fed's probably going to be happy to see that. We still have some inflationary pressures in Europe. I think we have to keep be mindful of that. But I think I think things are moving in the right direction. I'm not saying that we've turned the corner here in the United States, but things certainly feel a lot better today than they did a couple of months ago, you know, in terms of inflation. There's always those bugaboos that could come in, you know, OPEC decides to cut supply and oil prices spike 200 bucks. You know, you know, uh, you know, I'm always beating the drum on those guys, right? Well, I think AI, when you mentioned, you know, the the jolts number being weaker, Mm -hmm. job openings, Mm -hmm. you you see inflation dropping, but always the Fed has to not have a knee-jerk reaction to these things. And they have to, I don't know if it's by bylaws or what, but they have to make sure that one month, one quarter is not just that lightning in a bottle that is sustainable and that decrease is happening. So it makes sense because of how they've always played it. Yeah. That they're that they're going to be waiting to see more data and more data and consistent data. That also means that they're always late. 
for when well, there yeah. is a turn, right? I, I mean, we've talked about that, that on this pod too. We all kind of, you know, felt that they were a little late to the game. And the truth is they probably were. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we had such, such drastic rate hikes to try and slow things down. And as you know, you know, you're hiking today, but you're thinking six months down the line. That's when it really starts to flow through. So is the market pricing in a flat, like no, no change in the rate on in their September? Next- yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a there. I don't know what the percentage is as of this morning, but like the CME Fed Watch tool is pretty high, and so there's expectations that the Fed holds off at least in September until they get a couple of more numbers. Tomorrow we get the entire basket of goods and services in the United States in the form of PCE, and that's going to give us a real good sense. Fed number is good. If that's trending down positively, and then Friday's July non-farm payrolls is weaker than they expect. Mm-hmm. You know we're we're going to get a little bit of a rally probably. That's and my, that's and that's, that's a sense. that's a rally in bonds, but that's mm-hmm. not necessarily because of any you know forecasting from the Fed. That's just right. simply as a result of the data and it economic and it, it moving the trend line. Right. right, that's right. So my hope is you know these things come to fruition and we start to see us you know a gradual decline in mortgage rates because obviously there is they're about as high now as I can remember. It's they haven't been this high since 2001. Yeah. And so, yeah. right. I think as an industry, we could, we could certainly use that. The NBA reported numbers were on the positive side last week. We're actually seeing it in our numbers here on the capital markets side. We're seeing some better originations as well, too. And we're seeing, you know, we do a decent amount of what we call TBDs. And so we're seeing an increase in those TBDs. And so that's hey, actually- hey, what's an, what's that's a, a TBD? TBD, to be determined. So the borrower comes to us, we go through and kind of qualify them. We, they don't have a, an address assigned to them yet. And so that gives them a little bit of comfort to know that they're, they're assigned, they can qualify for X number of dollars in their mortgage rate or in their mortgage amount. So these are souped up pre-approvals. You got it. They're doing everything but locking a loan. But locking the loan. Yeah. Because they don't have a house to lock it with. That's right. There's no collateral. That's right. So for you folks that listen to us that, uh, you know, maybe require that service, maybe you definitely should hit me up on LinkedIn or give me a call. You All right. So know, right? to challenge that though, like, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you just go get a regular pre-approval with soft credit and, you know, all like I state my income, I state mm-hmm. all these things. Why go through the whole rigmarole of fulfillment if- Quick close. Because let's say- close. So, right, uh, I mean, better, that's the big thing, right? Quick close. Mm-hmm you have a little more buying power too. So as I'll give you a live example, when Mrs. AI and I bought our house here in Colorado, (laughs) AKA Kitty, um, (laughs) when we bought our house out here in Colorado, we had, we went to a local lender here that I knew and we did the prequal, we did the prequal that way where we gave them all our documents and we were basically approved. We just had to find a property. We found the property. And we showed them the pre-approval and they knew, and they were like, wow, you guys can close in 15 days. And we're like, yeah, because we, we uh-huh. felt we would probably based on, based on all our factors, we would probably get. So it makes, up. it makes you a better buyer. So makes the better seller buyer. agents are saying, mm-hmm. Hey, well, they're not, you know, mm-hmm. 30, 45 days from now we could get it sooner, but there's, are you on the hook with your lender at all? You haven't locked the loan. So You're not what's, locked, right? so so what's I, stopping you from, as a borrower from going to another lender? Well, there's really nothing that's stopping you, right? Unless they're like charging a, unless they're charging, and then you have money into it, right? Yeah. 
But so, but you're spending money on these. You're spending underwriting costs. You're spending data costs. You are LOS fees. You're mm -hmm. racking up the bill on working this loan for no guarantee that it's going to be yours. Is that kind of scary? No, but you know something? It is. I mean, I understand what you're saying, but you know something? We have a loyal client base too. The folks that we do business with on our side are pretty loyal. You know, there are banks and credit unions. Many of them are banks and credit unions. They yeah, have, but it's not up to them. It's up to the borrower. No, it's not. But you know what? It, it's in the case of like the credit unions, they've built up a lot of really goodwill with their lenders, with their, mm -hmm. with their members. And so, I mean, I know one thing. I use a credit union here in Denver, and I still go to them for things yeah. just because they've taken pretty good care of me since we moved out here. And I think that the credit union to their the credit union space, you know, they're great credit they've done a wonderful job just cultivating membership mm -hmm. relationships and so i think when when you are a a member of a cu and you go to them for a prequal or anything and we you know we kind of do that we conduct that and we do it i think they stay with them maybe i'm wrong oh, yeah no but that, i feel that like sense. it feels like they stay with them because, yeah, no, for our, the because our conversion internally our conversion is pretty high so for the cu credit union and bank depository mm -hmm. It, that the TBD is a pretty good option, but maybe mm -hmm. not for the IMBs because yeah. IMB customers might be more willing to, on average, of course, this is not true everywhere because there's a lot of different look types sure. of IMBs, but the IMBs, maybe their borrowers are more shopping. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Exactly. You know, yeah, so we did a, a webinar, an online webinar, kind of like a podcast, I guess, mm -hmm. with, with the Mortgage Collaborative and yeah. One of the guys who was on it with us, Chris Ledwidge, who who runs national retail for the lender, mm -hmm. uh, primarily a non-QM. Yeah, he's a good dude. He's a great, yep. great guy. Yep. And he had a he had a hot take that I wanted to get your reaction on. And we were talking about the local mortgage market and how historically, you know, it's it's very much, hey, I have my real estate agent network, probably, you know, buyer side agents primarily. And he was saying that that needs to change. If you're a loan officer and you're just using that network, you're going to be toast when the market comes back. Mm. Because he said a couple of things. So he goes, one, if you're not in it right now and you have to go break in and find those real estate agent partners, it's really hard because they already have their lender partners. Yep. So breaking in is really tough. So if, if you have it, hold on to that because it is valuable. Yep. But what he's saying is, is one, if you don't have it, don't necessarily try to get it. And if you do, the recommendation is, is probably start with family and friends of the agents and then slow burn, grow that over time, but try to diversify yourself a little bit in your entire lead funnel away from just your local agent relationships, because, and he gave a great example right now, a lot of the mortgage volume that's happening mm -hmm. is from those who are moving. Because like, if you're going to try and tap into the equity that you have in your home, you're probably going to take a HELOC. Right. You're not going to sell your house and buy one next door because economically it just doesn't make sense when you have a 3% rate versus a seven and a half or whatever it is right now. And so like you're locked into that. That's not new. Everyone that we're, that's listening knows that, but it could change if you're moving from San Francisco to Dallas or from New York to Nashville. Absolutely. Yep. So those people are really moving to have better buying power in the markets that they're moving to. So back to this 
local real estate agent thing. If you're just working with buyers agents locally, you're going to miss out on the folks that are coming in and out of your area. Because when you are buying elsewhere, it's just a lot, a smaller probability that they're going to choose one of your agents and that agent is going to choose you. They might already have one because they're working with somebody in their local market that is trying to buy out of state or, you know, there's, there's a lot of things at play. So go get more state licenses, try to build a seller real estate agent network so that when somebody is selling and then moving, you can already pounce on it. A lot of loan right. officers don't ever even want to talk to seller agents. Right. Could be a very good opportunity right now, though. Provocative, definitely, right? I mean, because historically, you developed relationships, to your point, you develop relationships with your local realtors and your you know, financial planners locally. And as you and I have talked about quite a bit, you've, you know, you've developed relationships, those affinity relationships, as I like to call them, with local police department and the fire department and the, you know, the, whatever, the parks department or whatever. Churches. And so, right. Churches. Religious absolutely. organizations. Right. Absolutely. AFW, all yep. that good stuff. And so traditionally it's kind of how we've done it. Right. But, but he makes an interesting point. The only thing that I would think of off the top of my head is, is, you know, let's say you develop or, you know, you've, you've, you've cultivated relationships here in Colorado's front range, you know, and if you go out of state, if you go to New Mexico, or if you go to Utah, or if you go to Wyoming, some of these, I think you still need to go have some FaceTime with these folks. So does that, right? And granted, we're in the world of Zoom and Google Meet and everything else that happens. And, but I still think there's going to be some value in having that face-to-face on from time to time. And so I guess I'm, I'm trying to figure out how does that work, right? Because if you're mm-hmm. a loan officer and you're based in Colorado, for example, but you license yourself in Pennsylvania, you're not going to fly back and forth. And no so, doubt. Right? But I like the idea. So maybe that makes, maybe it makes sense. You're licensed here in Colorado, but you not only develop relationships in Denver and Boulder and Lakewood and, you know, in Broomfield, for example, but maybe you drive down to Trinidad, right? And there's some big houses being built down there. So when you look at other industries of kind of sales folks like this, like financial representatives, mm-hmm. things like that, they're licensed in multiple states, insurance no, agents, things yeah, like that. Yeah, and so right about that. usually, yeah. well, I remember I took an internship at Northwestern Mutual. Won't get into that too much. But <laughs> what I did learn was that one of the guys that was really, really good, he had networks in different cities. Yeah. And he would go visit those places you know, maybe once every six months. Like you don't need to be there every day for them, but he builds those relationships over time. He invites them maybe to a sporting event or a charity event or something. And then also does those events every six months in Mm -hmm. those other places. So he's investing in himself to say, hey, AI, if you wanted to, if you were a loan officer and you had that network in Colorado, but you really knew of, Agents, family, friends, people that are transacting in Philadelphia, you can invest a couple of days, physical yeah, location a year, uh, yeah, and yeah. still pump some business. Now you're right about that, but I, but I do at a high level, I like, I like his idea because it's to me that's definitely thinking a little differently, and is gonna, is yeah, you know, when the market does turn. If the the larger network that you have, the more loans you're going to grab. 
And so that's right. And so then I guess to his point, you're going to want to be employed by someone that's licensed in these areas. Yeah. And so, as, right. as, yeah, if you're, if you're not allowing your loan officers to be licensed in multiple states, yes, there's a cost associated. Yeah, with there it, is. But, but there's a draw okay. on these commissions too. And so like you can put goals in front of them, like, Hey, build the business case that you're going to go and get this. Mm-hmm. And what I would recommend is further understanding your entire lead network and lead funnel. Mm-hmm. So if you have somebody that comes to you and says, Hey, I want to go be a license in Minnesota. All right. Why? If it has merit in it, take the investment, do that. It's not that much money to go and actually get a state license for a year. The renewal is constant, but you that gives you time to analyze the funnel. Are they investing in it? Are they getting leads? Are they getting loans locked and are they getting funded? Yep. Is it paying for itself? Do that same analysis with everything in your lead network funnel. If in times like these, AI, maybe... Maybe somebody has never actually gone out and, and tried to build relationships with the police department or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, if you're an LO, go try. Maybe that's not your cup of tea. Maybe you want to go to some like a different organization, but do it and understand that you need to fail fast. Right. But you need to understand why you fail because you will have success. Now, probabilistically, it's going to take some time and not everyone is going to succeed. So you have to analyze the effort you're putting in, the dollars that you're spending and what the result is. Do it fast though. Make sure that feedback loop is really fast so you can move on to a different idea quicker. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, you have a couple more folks who are sending you leads every month. And then when the market comes back, that's 2X, that's 3X. Like you don't have to do much to test these different lead networks, but don't just do it blindly. Do it mathematically through the funnel. Yep. No, and, and you know what? You're getting down to the brass tacks of the whole equation. It's a volume, right? So the yeah. more volume you can bring in, as I say here, volume absolves all sins. So <laughs> it's it's not good, AI. I know. No, it's so, huh? <laughs> and so I definitely hear what you're saying because yeah. you know if it makes total sense and you can do that analysis really fast and you get licensed in your example in Minnesota and you're doing a couple of extra loans, that's only going to help you, right? Yeah. Because then if you do a hell of a job for those those borrowers, they're going to come back to you. Know that everyone who's listening to us knows that. So I'm not. Yep. There's nothing magical here. I'm not the Wizard of Oz, but uh, but. I think overall, I think it's something that people should step up and listen to. So it was a TMC. Okay. Yeah, it was good. It was uh, it was funny too because I knew that there's a couple of folks that were on from from networks who are very agent focused, mm-hmm. and so uh, I'm I'm excited to go catch up with a couple of them and say, hey, well, how do you think about that? How are you advising your LOs to to break outside of that network or at least tap into the seller side of the agency? I'd be curious on those answers. I'd be yeah. I would definitely be curious on those answers. I've Maybe we, you know, the next pod, we, we kind of pick that back up. No, I will. Because, you know, one of them was my brother. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah. That's actually, right. You forgot your brother's in the business. He's in the business and he's I a, know. a captive real estate agent. Can't you straighten him out? Tell him to get out. <laughs> it's a crazy business. No. So he, he <laughs> does. You know, he's, he's not necessarily a call center, but he helps uh-huh. out with the rural real estate agencies up in North Dakota, South yep. Dakota, those yep. types of places where doesn't make financial sense to have a mortgage loan officer in the real estate office because there's not enough transactions. So in aggregate, you do it. So it's like a, it's like an island country. You have all mm-hmm. the, he, he's licensed in like five or six states and he 
travels around every once in a while, builds these relationships and makes sure that those loans come to him. That's what I'm talking about, diversifying. It's not just your local, but it's building networks outside of that. But it is real estate agent focus, so yeah. it's a different equation, I guess. But I'm excited right. to talk to him. Some other folks that I knew were on there. Hey, I, an example came up that I, yep. I, I like a trick here. You mentioned a trick earlier in the show on- It's <laughs> because uh, I'm tricky. <laughs> yeah. And so when you're going to buy a house, we don't talk about much about recasting your loan. And so what I mean by that is you go in and you're trying to make your best offer to the seller. So AI, you said, hey, doing a TBD might be helpful because you can close in 15 days. You know, another crazy thing I've seen in the marketplace that we talked about a couple episodes is, is people waiving inspection. Right. You can Ooh, do that. Yeah. It's, it's dangerous. I personally would never do it because I don't know enough about the interior of a home or foundation of a home. I need somebody to really guide me and help me. Uh, but some people don't need it or some people maybe it just doesn't matter financially. They just need the house, want the house, whatever. But that's one thing people are doing. So I'm not recommending doing that. But what you could do is, is you could make it non-contingent on a sale of your house. And so that says your offer is stronger because you don't have to sell your existing primary home. But what you can do then is the second you close, mm -hmm. so you do a, a low down payment, 3%, mm -hmm. 5%, whatever it is that you can make work. And then you sell your house after you close. It goes on the market. It eventually sells. You might have to mm -hmm. pay a double mortgage for a day or for a month or two. When those funds then hit your bank from the sale of your house, you go to your servicer and you recast. And, and you so lump, lump sum, and lump then sum, they, and then they get the second down low. payment, right? Yep. Yeah. So your your rate gets lower. Or actually, I don't think your rate necessarily gets lower. It might maybe if you negotiate it properly. But your monthly payment obviously gets lower because mm -hmm. they're recasting the interest on it based on the principle that's outstanding. So you might have a higher payment, but you got your house because you're a really competitive piece. Have you, like, when you go through the recast model, does that impact the price of the loan? Do I need to be forthcoming with my loan officer and say, hey, I'm going to recast this thing. So make sure whoever buys it pays you know, less or what? Like, how does that work? Let me think about that for a second, because I think in your agreements with your, so let's say you're selling the loans released, whether it's best efforts or mandatory. Servicing I released, right? I think, right. I think in those agreements, if the, the recast, if it's greater than a certain, there's a certain percentage mm -hmm. that, it, that you can't pay the loan down within, let's say the first 120 to 180 days, because that would be considered an early payoff. Okay. So let's say, so, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So I think, so it's probably then closer. It's probably closer to the ADL, ADL TV place because, like, mm -hmm. once you get to ADL TV, there's still a lot of interest you're paying. Sure. Right. Mm -hmm. And so maybe, yeah, that's an interesting criteria. There, so there's, so there's, there, there could be, there could be a, a hit to the lender that you went to to get your loan. Right. So let's say so you, you bought should, a, you should. If you're an LO, you need to be aware of who you're selling the loan to, or if it's yourself right. and portfolioing. Right. You have to make sure the servicer is okay with the recast. Maybe you get dinged by a couple basis points on right. price. Yeah, they make they you know so like LLPA, typically these loans are closed. Well, typically they're closed. They may charge you like a fee for it. Oh yeah, so I've heard a five hundred dollar fee might right. apply. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But there's certain loans I think too that you can't recast, and I think I think FHA's and VAs. I don't think you can recast. 
So cool. the tip is that that's an option mm-hmm. to make your offer better. But you as an LO, you need to get out there and you need to help your borrowers get the house. TBD is a good option to close mm-hmm. faster. Mm-hmm. Recasting, if they can afford it to save, selling their home until they close. Of course, everything everything is right and normal. You have to be transparent and all that. But that is a really beneficial way for you to stand out against other loan officers who might not be thinking about this, who are just exactly. kind of sitting back and taking the loans. You are advocating for your borrower, giving them the financial options and tools to go and win the house that they want. Right. The thing is, is some lenders may not allow it. So in my time in the business, there definitely have been some lenders that like when I was a Commonwealth Federal this is way back in the day. If I'm not mistaken, we used to do it. Yeah. We would allow, but you got, you know, the, but the market was different back then too, right? It's it, things didn't move as fast then that they did today. But I mean, so there's definite advantages to recasting. You get to keep your current rate. You know, there's less fees because you're not really refinancing. I don't think there's an appraisal. You don't, I don't think you need to appraise because you're just simply going, Hey, I have a hundred thousand dollar mortgage. Here's $35,000 I want to put down towards the principal, right? So there should be no hit to that, right? Right, right, But I think the big thing is, is you just want to make sure that your lender, your lender or your servicer is going to hold out. No doubt. Well, AI, thank you so much for Mm -hmm. for hopping on with me today. We wanted to make sure to to get our voice out and help those folks. Specifically, I wanted to chit chat with you without our friend, Alan. Alan who? (laughs) That's right. I always have to get a plug in for our producer, Allison. So thank you, Allison. It's funny, you know, we have that podcast channel on that we, the four of us kind of slack yeah. each other on all the time and stuff. And uh, Allison's like, you know, should we wait until Alan comes back? And I'm like, I send her a message back and I'm like, Alan who? And, and she responds back, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. I remember I checked that out probably a couple uh, hours too late and I, it had me rolling. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely funny. But, uh, but now it'll be good to have him back. I guess we'll give him a brief chance to get reacclimated and become a maxer again and then we can uh, we can hit him up and we can get the mighty triumvirate back again together for the next pod that's right now looking forward to hearing about all of his stories i, I know he cut his hair before he left so maybe his ponytail is well, back. well look i cut mine too Nah, you did. You had some. You still <laughs> got going. flow. You still got flow. Yeah. You know, maybe you know the national NBA is coming up in the mighty city of Philadelphia. Of course, of course, of course. How much did you pay? For, pay them to do that? Well, I paid a lot for it, but you know what? Hopefully, the Eagles are in town. I didn't check the schedule. I have to make sure. There's no chance they're in town. You know, it'll be good. I can go see mom. So mom will be happy to see me. And uh, can I? Can I come? Like, good. mom's very entertaining. She'll probably. Brian, she's going to grab you and she's going to be like, sit down, Brian. You're too skinny. Let me feed you. <laughs> I uh, guarantee well, that. I, I'm there for the food. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> that's that's the, that's what he I'm makes there. some mean. Well, we called it. We call it sauce in my house. There's yeah. some people in the Philadelphia area would say it's called gravy. I think if you talk to Bob Grudy, our, C, our beloved CFO here at Maxwell, he may call it gravy. Great, like pasta sauce called they, gravy. There are some folks that call it gravy, but it is it is sauce to, to my family. It's mm-hmm. sauce. So, but what is, it'll what be is, good to see. Mother what does "quote unquote" gravy, the terminology for Italian pasta sauce, come from? Is that like it? Did it come from Italy, or is that just? I have no idea. I don't know if it's if it's an American thing or if it's an Italian God, American thing. Yeah, because like 
my brother Sam and I were the only, we we're the ones, first ones that were born in the United States. And so everyone called it sauce. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where well, it I would, from. I would love to be personally educated about the sauce. So. Mary's funny. We've been uh, we've been kind of like laughing about maybe we get a busload of people and go out to go out to my hometown and see. Hell yeah, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. Uh, uh, but it, uh, but it'll be good to be back there. Maybe we can do um, one of the pods, or we can do some stuff live at the National NBA. That'd be cool. Be fun. Uh, and hey, reach out to us. AI is going to be there. So yep. uh, I'll yeah. be there, cool. shaking hands, meeting fans. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be great. To, it's always great to see everyone. And uh, and that's always a good conference put on by the NBA. So we definitely appreciate those folks. That's right. Well, AI, again, yep. thank you, Allison. Thank you. Thanks to everybody for listening. Yep. Don't forget to hop on. Give us comments, reviews, five stars, obviously, especially that Alan's gone. This might be our most popular episode. Pretty excited <laughs> to see the results. But have a great rest of the day. And happy mortgage lending, everybody. You got it. Take her easy. Cheers.